You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Well, um, like sincerely, happy Mother's Day to every mum here. Um, I'm not a mum, but I see what mothers do, um, at least in part, and it's so amazing, and you should be very honoured and blessed. And I think the, the hope is that, that we would all get a, a little bit of a greater understanding as to the heart of God for why he chose to do things this way with mothers and motherhood. And um, I particularly love speaking on Mother's Day because um, I fully believe having a conversation with my mother-in-law in the car on the way here, and I fully believe that... Um, We've come a long way when it comes to equality, but there's still a long way to go. And uh, so I, I particularly like, I'm not like a raging feminist or anything, but, but like, like we, we've come some, somewhere in, in this journey of, of, of women being equal to men, but let's not fool ourselves that we're there. All right? So uh, I, I particularly just want to honour every single woman and every single mother in the house right here because you are valued and loved and God has greatness on your life. Uh, and so, be, yeah, be blessed today. And, um, you know, you've got a cake of soap. That's just a small token, <laughs> tiny, tiny token of, of, of what we think for you and, and, and love you. Um, it's good. So we're not just celebrating, of course, uh, physical mums today, but as Kiri mentioned with Pastor Christina, also the spiritual mums in the house. You are so valued, so valued and uh, what you bring. So today, it's, now it's not, I know it's not Christmas, okay, but you're going to be like, why are we talking about uh, the Mary so much today? But I really want to look at, at Mary, the mother of Jesus today. So we're kind of going to read a bit of the Christmas story. Is that all right? So it's not even July, so I can't even claim Christmas in July, but it's Christmas kind of today, not really. So I'm in, I'm in Luke chapter 1, so if you've got your Bible here, it's also going to be on screen as well. Um, but we're going to look at this, this particularly important mother, uh, but really only because she was the mother of Jesus, right? Every mother is particularly important, really important that we would say stuff like that, right? Because mothers are all very valued. Um, and this, I, I was having a chat with Pastor Nate this week and uh, just really understanding. And I think that the, the more I've thought about this and the more I've thought about my wife and my own mother, I've realised um, how much mothers store in their hearts for their children and for the next generation. And so I guess we kind of want to just touch on that and maybe unlock that to the next level today um, because mothers receive these, have these dreams in their hearts. And, uh, and then I think God adds to that and clarifies that and draws that out even further so that mothers can shape the destinies of their children to the best possible way. So I'm re- going to read a chunk of Scripture today. I know some of you are like, yes! It's good. So I'm reading from Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 26. This is the story of how Mary was told about uh, that she was going to become uh, a mother. In the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in 
Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. (laughs) Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Um, If an angel turned up to me and just went, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. I'm like, okay, what's coming? Like, you know, you know, like this, is a, this is an uncommon experience. Clearly, you want me to do something or something's going to happen, right? So Mary was rightly, greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I love that. So true. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Too late, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Whoa, right? This is how Mary finds out that she's going to be pregnant. Wow. Uh, How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I love that. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words, to, your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Wow, what a, what a way to find out you're going to get pregnant. Um, Mary has like, so there's some really crazy specifics about who Jesus is and was going to be in this, in this first conversation around. I mean, she's not even married yet. She, this, is, this is worrying for her. She's like, say what? Okay, well, let you know, let your word be to me. Is it fulfilled? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, good. And then, so, so Jesus is born, I'm assuming about nine months later. Uh, and then angels appear to some shepherds and they find Jesus and Mary and Joseph in the stable, right? So we're going to jump forward to Luke chapter 2. In verse 16, it says, so this is talking about the shepherds. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Cool. Wow. So all this stuff the angels had appeared to the shepherds and said, glory to God in the highest heaven. The angels said, go down to Bethlehem and find this baby. They do. And they spread the word about this child who is going to be the saviour of the world. So then eight weeks later, sorry, eight days later, Jesus is then presented in the temple as was the custom of the day. And an old man called Simeon, uh, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, and had been told by God that he is gonna, he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah, until he sees the Saviour. Pretty cool. You're not going to die. I'm like, I can pretty much do anything right now. Uh, I'm not going to die until I see the Saviour. Anyway, uh, so in Luke chapter 2, we're still in Luke 2, but in verse 34, he gets to see the Messiah. Uh, then Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be 
revealed. Whoa, like as a mother, how are you going to receive that? What? And a sword will pierce your own soul too. It's like these words are getting deeper and more specific. It's like Mary is having these, uh, these conversations with people that are, that are broadening and deepening her understanding of what her child is going to accomplish in this world. Now, of course, um, I'm not sure if any of you have had a visit from the angel Gabriel saying that you're going to have the saviour of the world. That's, that's uh, it's pretty unlikely to happen because we already have one Jesus. We're not going to get any more. Um, and as good as my children are, they're, they're nowhere near this, this level of perfection. Um, but like, firstly, like mothers dream for their children. The more I think about my wife and my mother, uh, the more I realise how, how much is stored inside of a mother's heart for what she wants to bring forth into the world. And not just a child that is, you know, that is a good citizen who pays their taxes, but someone who is having a positive effect and a kingdom effect on planet Earth. Someone who is kind and good and someone who is loving and someone who is generous. I love that you bring the generosity out of our kids. You know, you, 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 you teach us all how to, be, um, how to be generous, how to be sacrificial in your love for people. It's, it's so good. And so in the story, we see something so unique for Mary, um, God revealing to her all these details about her child and what this child is going to accomplish. I love that it's in different places. Like God reveals something to her in a home, then God reveals something to her, you know, at the hospital, you know, which is probably a cave where the baby was born. And then God reveals something to her at church, yeah. in the temple, yeah. right? These, 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 these three different places, you know, God can reveal something to you about your child, about your spiritual or physical children, anywhere, anywhere. Always good to come to church and God speak, right? That's so good. Uh, and so, like, it's not too late to uncover the dreams that you've already got in your heart for your kids. And it's not too late for God to speak and bring clarity or direction or wisdom about your kids. What dream is in your heart, mums, that is untapped? Maybe it's unspecified. Maybe it's just undefined. Because like whether they're specified, written down, or just super deep down in your heart, women carry dreams for the next generation. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, uh, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, right? So that means that if I haven't got a vision, if I haven't got a revelation on what's happening, I, I, I kind of flounder, I kind of go a little bit crazy, a bit wild. It's like I don't have a plan or a purpose. It's somewhat like my backyard garden. You know, there's no real focus or plan here. It's just, you, you, you plants just do whatever you do. And then one day we'll just come and, and rip out something and hope that it works out. <laughs> you know, uh, that's like where there's no plan, the garden perishes or whatever. Um, like if we don't operate uh, in the dreams that we're given, uh, we find ourselves without a focus. 
without a plan, without a, without a point of, of, of destiny or future, any kind of like guidance or, or purpose. Um, but see, with a vision, when we are able to identify the dream, maybe you, you might need to pause for 10 minutes, mothers, just, just give yourself 10 minutes this afternoon. Everyone, husbands and fathers, give your wife some, some time out this afternoon, if at all humanly possible. You know, I'll give you at least 10 minutes, at least five. <laughs> and give yourself a chance to tap in to what's in your heart, to kind of delve into this space that might be uncovered or might be covered over for a while so that you can start to unlock this and be intentional and purposeful about it in your family. God wants to reveal aspects about your child's future to you, maybe. And how much do we just kind of rush into life and it's just the rush and the, the, the next thing. It's the next thing. And I've got to, we've got to get the kids to there on time because then I've got to swap cars with you and then you've got to take the child seat out of that car and put it into that car. And then we've got to, and then I'll oh, hang on a minute, but your mum called and so we've got to drop something in there and it's, it's okay, but I've got to get to work. And, and, but then I've got this thing, you know, I've got this thing on. I know, I know, but we've only got like eight cars now. And so, you know, sometimes you just got to pause and find out what's in there. Find out what God's already placed in your heart and then pause and listen for what he might want to clarify. Like what is God saying to you prophetically about your kids? It's going to be a bit different to what he told Mary. (laughs) But it's still going to be, it's going to be powerful. See, prophecy is not like this, you know, crazy thing. We, we, we really have put prophecy on a massive pedestal. Prophecy is just when I hear God for myself or I hear God for someone else. I might, get a, I might see something in my mind or I might get a scripture, I might get a word and it's like, wow, that's going to bring clarity to my future, clarity to my, my journey, clarity to now, clarity for then, you know. Uh, and every one of you can hear the voice of God. Every one of you can see something from the Father because He is a good Father, right? Um, so what's the dream? What's the intention? What's in your heart? And then what is God saying? So mothers get a dream, but mothers also shape their children's future. Mothers, you know, play this unique role uh, in, their, in their kids' future. Um, in John chapter 2, I'm going to jump over here and um, this is, this is going to be good. John chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. On the third day, a wedding. So this is the first miracle of Jesus, all right? Uh, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were there and had also been invited, sorry, to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. I love this. I love his response. Woman, why do you involve me? I'm sure it was said respectfully and lovingly, but he's like, woman, why do you involve me? Yeah. He says, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I love this. 
I love it, so good. She's just like, okay, you're getting involved. Uh, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> so good. So the story ends, right, with Jesus tells the servants to go and fill these large jars with water. They take the, the jars filled with water to the master of ceremonies who tastes the water and it's like the best wine he has ever tried, right? So good. I mean, I'm thinking about this. Like, did Jesus create a new type of wine? Is this like an untapped grape that we haven't found yet? What, what did he make? Did he make like a Sam Sav? Was it like a Merlot? What, 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 what did he create here? Anyway, I'm moving on. Like, but here's the thing. This is Jesus' first miracle. Guess who brought it out of him? She knew what he could become. She knew what was in him before he'd even calmed the storm, healed a headache. Mary's mother, sorry, Mary, Jesus' mother, she gets him, in, she gets him involved. First miracle, saves the day, the wedding is saved. And the MC's like, why would you guys bring out the good wine at the end when everyone's already drunk? And it's incredible. Jesus' mother drew out of him what she knew was in him. She was still shaping him all the way into adult life. Love it. Proverbs 22 verse six says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. You might've heard that a couple of times, right? This is not just talking about doctrine. This is not just talking about discipline. This is also talking about dreams. The dreams that you have, mothers, for your children are so powerful. But can I go off, can I go off, off a tangent for a minute? Like, sure. right? We live in such a heavily politically correct world that it's like, oh no, wouldn't want to guide my child. No, just let them do them. You do you. Kids, Go. The best thing that you could do as a mother is create boundaries that create freedom. Right? And love unconditionally. You know? It doesn't matter. Sorry. Regardless of what your kids do in this life, love them. Just keep loving them. Keep moving towards them. Right? Because what's in your head and in your heart will create the, the environment and the atmosphere for them to flourish and to step into the destiny that God has for them. Like, Becky, you've always dreamed that our kids would love God and follow Him and encounter Him, to love people and respect people. We're still working on all of these. I, I love, babe, that um, you want them to also have a lot of joy and laughter and for that to be normal in life, for joy to be, I love that about, about you. Um, and so, you, like, you've worked so hard to create opportunities for all these things to happen, you know? Like, we sacrifice to send our kids to camp because we know that camp 
They're going to have encounters with God that will just like help to shift and shape their future. You know, we have the real hard conversations with our kids because, you know, because that's, that's a value of yours to talk and to communicate and to guide and to bring purpose and life to it. Um, I, I was thinking about my mum played a huge role in, in shaping me. She wanted me to value what was right, right? This is why I like going off, off tangent sometimes because, you know, sometimes I have to beat myself into that, out of that religious space and into the space of freedom. Um, uh, I love that mom would pray for me all the time. She even prayed from, from a young age, my mother would pray for my, my future spouse. And I was, that's why I got the best one. See, see, um, that's so good. <laughs> that's good, man. That's so good. Um, so mothers, you shape your kids' futures. You shape your kids' futures with your words, with your encouragement, with the opportunities that you create, you sacrifice for them. That's what love looks like. A lot of time, it looks like laying down our lives for each other. Sacrifice. You shape them with your prayers. You shape them with your boundaries. You shape them with your conversations, with how you teach them what is good and what is not, what is right and what is not, what is generous and what is not, right? And mothers, you need to, be, you need to feel free to be intentional about shaping your kids' futures and to not shy away from this, you know, despite what your Instagram feed says, you know, you do you. Follow Jesus and you do you and it's going to be fine, right? Ask God, you know, for the dreams that he's, that he's got for your kids. Um, Todd, can you come up for us, mate, and maybe Zach as well? That'd be good. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm going to finish here, but we, we really want to pray for mums. Uh, in a moment, right at the end of Jesus' life. Uh, so Jesus is on a cross, and, and, and guess who's right there? His mother. His mother standing at the foot of the cross, standing at the base, looking up at her child. And... And in so many respects, all hope would have seemed completely lost at that point. It would have been like, and this is the moment where the sword pierced her heart, just as was prophesied by, I think it was Simeon. And I don't know where you're at right now, mums, whether you're at the place where it's all good you're in a sweet season or you're in a moment where there's a sword piercing your heart. Maybe your kids are being bullied or they've walked away from God or maybe you've got older kids and you're like just praying for wisdom for them day in and day out. Or maybe you're worried about the future. You're not sure about finance or you're worried about your marriage. I just wanna say to you, even though it might look like all hope is lost, Jesus rose from the dead. The, the grave isn't the end. It's not over. 
and you can go, it's totally over. I, I think it's over. I'm, 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 dead, I'm dead certain it's completely over. I, I, I heard someone at Presence Conference say like, what you put in the grave, God can bring out of it. You can raise it back to life. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.